0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I am Kathy Best-Gordon, your host and the author of Sugar Freedom at SugarFreedom.com. So this was interesting. Yesterday I got an email from a corporation, the attorney for a corporation in China that is copywriting and creating a business around the Sugar Freedom name. So, of course, I have sugarfreedom.com and wrote that program and have had it since, oh gosh, it's going to be going on four years pretty soon. But it's a funny thing. One of the problems with finding, uh, I guess, a successful name, I think it's a successful name, and certainly my readers, and I like the idea of sugar freedom, the difficulty with it is that, even though I do have the website I did not go through a copywriting process. And so now I have to make some decisions about what I'm going to do next. Luckily, one of my best friends is an attorney. <laughs> so, and she's actually done work with branding before, so I'll be able to ask her for some advice going forward. But at this point I've really had to stop and think about the future of the Sugar Freedom name and the product and do I want to go forward and Copyrighted, or or go in a different direction, and I think the interesting thing is, is that I came to nutrition and fitness out of a deep personal need that's been with me for many decades. Actually, I'm coming up on age fifty three, and I needed to do sugar freedom, and I need to train the way I train and the way I train my clients in order to be able to act, sing, dance, and perform. And this dream and this desire, which luckily I still get to do it, it really came to me when I was just a small child. And I think it's very interesting when you look at a nutrition and a fitness lifestyle. If the standard nutrition and fitness lifestyle don't work for you, So some people are naturally slender and never feel a desire or a need to reduce their body fat levels or their weight. But other individuals, actually, I think the majority of us now living in this very food abundant and processed food abundant society, at some point, most of us are going to be in a situation where we want to release fat or we want to change our weight. And generally, that's done with a diet. And then it's often done with standard exercise programs that function on the basis of calories in, calories out. We're going to try to get you to eat less and move more. Now, I'm not arguing with uh, the laws of thermodynamics, but what I have noticed is that those of us who have been overweight and or obese, who have overcome obesity, very often we need a different strategy than people who need to lose, say, 10, 20 pounds or people who maybe their lifestyle has changed and they need to find a new way of eating and a new way of training in order to get lean again. So what I have discovered, obviously, is that the elimination of sugar and grains reduces my appetite and just makes it easier to eat in a healthy way. In today's episode, I did write about how, at the beginning, it can be difficult to let go of sugar and grain-processed vegetable oils. So at the very beginning, it is simple but hard. But the good news is that I want to share with you today is the fact that as each day and each, each month goes by, it gets easier and easier and easier. And I feel that the reason why is that as we continue to each day that we – each day that we move on beyond the last day that we ate sugar or grains or the foods that turn into sugar, that the body does seem to adjust, the taste buds get more sensitive, the body gets more energetic, and we simply get used to the lifestyle of not reaching for the simple sugary, floury, starchy, convenience foods. So I made a very strong commitment a few months ago to – really true abstinence from sugar and grain, this sense that, uh, and I believe it was Samuel Pepys, or it could have been Samuel Johnson who said that abstinence is as easy for me as moderation is difficult. And let me explain that. Moderation would be eating a little bit of a substance, eating it every once in a while, Whereas abstinence is you simply leave it out and you don't eat it at all. It would be the same way that, you know, someone who doesn't drink alcohol, you're not, you know, knocking back a beer or, or a whiskey on Saturday nights. It's the same way of managing sugar and grains, that as we leave them behind, leaving them behind just gets easier and easier and easier. And I was talking to a friend of mine today who, who agreed with me that there are certain foods that are considered healthy for example your your fruits that are high in sugar like bananas and grapes that it just it's just easier to leave them out even to the point where we kind of laughed and said you know certain fruits make us hungry so i do believe that if the goal is to release fat for good then very often it might be a good idea to go ahead and let go of the foods that make you hungry and it's the same same thing I have noticed with uh, another one of my clients, Mowry, who uh, wonderful results coming back in January after having a baby and release 20, releasing 27 pounds of fat, going away on vacation recently and having to come back and take it back off. But once again, this understanding of, boy, the, the farther you get from the sugar, the easier it gets to stay away from the sugar, So, there's a couple of resources I wanted to share with you today because, speaking of that, another one of my clients, Sandra, was talking about um, one of the things about letting go of sugar is the craving and the desire fades away till it's weaker and weaker and weaker. And ultimately, as I sit right here now on this show with you, it ends up that it's finally gone. However, we do, if possible, Want to incorporate foods that we enjoy. That's enjoyment, not getting triggered, so that we can keep enough variety to enjoy our food, stay interested in our food, uh, without succumbing to boredom. And the boredom, which can cause resentment, and then that resentment that your food is, is boring, can lead to experimentation with foods that take you put you right back, you know, in the sugar shack and take you down that road that you that we don't necessarily want to go on if we want to stay, you know, lean and happy and healthy and glowing and pain-free. So I do want to share with you my recipe for flaxseed pancakes. So that's flaxseed pancakes. If you go to katherinetraining.com, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G.com, there you go, there's your spelling for you, Um, And you go onto the blog, you can scroll down and you will see this recipe. It's about the third blog post down, but I'm just going to describe it to you. Um, So these are flaxseed pancakes, and you're going to need a half a cup of ground flaxseed, two eggs beaten, a quarter cup of heavy cream or coconut milk if you don't want to use the heavy cream, a half a teaspoon of lemon juice. Trust me on this, just some of these seasonings are going to make the whole thing in general taste better. Uh, So that's a half a teaspoon of lemon juice, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, a half a teaspoon of cinnamon, and then I, this is optional, I put in one scoop of plain whey protein powder, get a little more protein in there, and then a tablespoon of coconut oil for cooking. So you mix all of the ingredients together except the coconut oil in a bowl, Heat the coconut oil over medium heat in a nonstick pan or on a griddle, so the coconut oil is going to make your pan or griddle nice and slick. And then you spoon the batter into the pan. Cook for three minutes on each side. And then I do serve it because I use these on special occasions. I actually have a birthday coming up. And I put this recipe together for Easter brunch so that we could have something, as I like to say, kind of brunchy on, on holidays and special occasions. Don't eat these. I don't eat these every day <clears throat> because I like them best when I serve them with a, uh, a sugar-free maple syrup or a sugar-free pancake syrup. And so, of course, these are not going to be your, your perfect whole foods from nature, so I try to eat them on a less regular basis. The other thing you could do as well is you could add a little bit of xylitol Or erythritol to the batter, and then you could top it with some fruit, or you could put some fruit in the batter, and then you are getting you're not going to need to use the syrup. However, the syrup is so delicious. The other thing, if you didn't want to use the syrup, is go ahead and top it with fruit, and then uh, and then some whipped cream. You've got that heavy cream, and as you know, the two sweeteners that I use it liquid stevia. Actually, call it three: liquid stevia, xylitol, and erythritol but try not to use the xylitol or the erythritol every day. So there's your recipe for today, which is going to give you an idea of something kind of brunchy you have if you have a special occasion coming up. I have a special occasion coming up. Excuse me, my 53rd birthday is coming. And so the way that I'm going to manage that birthday celebration is uh, my family is going to take me out to dinner and I'll have, you know, a lovely, lovely some some protein and vegetables. Probably going to be a steak. And then we'll come home to open packages. And I will have my sugar freedom chocolate mousse, which, as always, is my favorite thing. And to dress it up a little bit, I make the mousse and then I serve it with some raspberries and some crushed pistachios. I feel happy. I feel I feel fulfilled. And the reality is, is that because I don't usually eat snacky or desserty foods. <laughs> when I have a holiday or a special occasion or a birthday, all I really have to do is make my chocolate mousse, make my pumpkin mousse. I should probably work on seeing if I can make uh, you know, some, some different, different mousses and things like that. And it, it just ends up being absolutely d- delicious and very special. And then if I really want something special, I have the Coco Polo Stevia Sweetened Dark Chocolate and I get that here in Sonora at Nature's Whole Food Market. And you should be able to get that at Whole Foods. And I know that you can order it on Amazon.com. So I also want to talk about some training today. I am so grateful and I'm so happy for a couple of things. So just this week, I officially finished my mind body specialist certification from the American Council on Exercise. And that also completes my recertification as a personal trainer. And one of the wonderful things about going through the Mind-Body Fitness Program, which includes uh, Pilates and yoga, but it also includes a concentration on uh, yoga and mind-body fitness for special populations, including people who have dealt with um, anorexia, bulimia, um, overweight, and obesity. And some of the, the techniques that we can use bringing people in who have suffered from eating disorders, and of course, I am in recovery from binge eating disorder that was triggered when I was a young child, um, loss of, of my father at a young age, and the binge eating started very shortly after that. My first memories of binge eating stop start quite soon after the passing of my father. Very often what we see is that these eating behaviors are triggered by a uh, traumatic event. And one of the things that can be very helpful for mind-body practitioners and also people who work with special populations is to keep the training in the nutritional environment as low stress as possible. So now I'm going to talk about the training environment. And one of the things that they did suggest was that we don't necessarily use mirrors in our training and that we use transformational language, which is Non-competitive, non-aggressive, not so much about pushing yourself as it is about discovering yourself. And I'm delighted to say that I do get to teach a new class. So if you are a fan of the Sugar Freedom Show and you're listening to this and you're close to Sonora, California, and you're, or you're one of my clients, because I know that some of you do listen to the podcast, this class is going to be at Solly Breath on Mono Way. It's in the Sears Center And it's going to be every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, and it's going to be an hour long. And for those of you who can come, and also for those of you who can't, the the class starts with a total body warm-up, and then we go into some introductory resistance training with either no weights or very light weights, introductory intervals, and then wonderful flexibility balance and cool-down. And I do want to talk about the level of intensity that we're going to be using, because Many, it's very popular right now. I actually, was in the salon yesterday and talking to some gals who were there, who who are very fit, about their search for and their desire for a class that really challenges them. That man, you know, they're when they're done, they are feeling it for days, and they're they are pushing hard, and they want it to be hard. And one of the explanations I was talking to one gal who said that it just it makes the class go very very quickly. And it keeps boredom at bay, and I think that that is very interesting because we addressed that specifically in my mind-body certification. That one of the one of the great challenges that personal trainers and group fitness trainers have is to keep their exercises exciting, engaging, and making sure that it's never boring. Whereas when you're working with beginners, or when you're working with perhaps people who are carrying more weight, or who have issues with back, or knees, or shoulders, that there is a different goal. That what we're trying to do, and my particular goal as a personal trainer, and as in mind body, and also as a group exercise leader, is that I literally want to make the class as enjoyable, as fulfilling as possible. And, but I want it in a different way. Whereas someone who's already fit might feel that a very hard class is enjoyable and fulfilling, what I want to create is a very nurturing class where you can challenge yourself if you wish, and certainly you're going to be increasing your health, your fitness, your agility, your strength, and your balance. But that isn't, But pushing isn't the primary point. Leading is the primary point, and you're looking for a way of really enjoying the physical fitness and exercise experience. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Because I did come to the world of fitness out of a search for a way to release fat and keep it off for good, I didn't necessarily come into fitness looking for athletic conditioning. What I was looking for was a way to get healthier and stronger while not triggering my appetite and also as a dancer and a choreographer making sure that I was not going to be injured. In my world and in what I do, I can't afford to go into a class or into a training session and train so hard that I can hardly walk for a week. And I know that you've seen the memes and I know that you've seen the jokes, leg day is coming, about leg day. But the reality is, I don't want to push it too hard because if I do push it too hard, I might end up not having the proper agility to teach my classes for the following week. So on that note, I do want to share with you another resource as I pull it up. And that resource is a leg day that's a little bit easier on the legs. Um, I, I had seen in my inbox there was a leg exercise, a training session that came from my certifying organization, which is which is ACE, and it was incredibly challenging. It went from split, split squats to walking lunges to jump squats, and I'm like, okay, I don't think so. Let's see if there's some way we can modify that, this so that it is something that, um, well, more of the general, general population can do, including me. So I'm going to go ahead and read through this for you. And this is also posted at com. So the workout is you're going to have, oh, okay, this is the this is the original one, as opposed to the one that I wrote. So I'm going to pull up the one that I wrote. Here it is. I was about to read the hard one to you. Okay. All right, so you warm up with gentle high knees, which is like a high march. It's not fast. It's not plyometric. It's just lifting those knees in a high, slow march. Butt kickers, whereas you, and you don't have to completely kick your butt, but it's where the legs are then, the heels are moving toward the back, and this is going to warm up the quads and the hamstrings. Standing cross crawls and leg swings. And I do. I absolutely promise by the end of the day I'm going to get out my camera and I'm going to demonstrate this training session for you. So the following exercises will make up a leg training session that lasts a maximum of 20 minutes. Um, Really, this is probably more like 15. And you can get a great deal out of this if it's as short as 11 minutes. So after your warm-up, round one is going to be alternating side lunges. So that means that you're standing in an in with your feet together and then you step out into a wide squat, feet step back together, and then step out into a wide squat on the other side. Now, why is this safer and more comfortable than a forward lunge? Is because you're stepping from two feet back into two feet. So you're still in a two-footed stance. You're not using a single-leg stance. You're going to do that for 30 seconds. And then you do alternating T-bends, and that's you're standing on both feet, and then one leg swings back behind you until you make a T with your body and then you return to A, and then your other leg swings back behind you. And I will demonstrate those as well. Now with these, once again, now this is a single leg exercise, but you're not stepping out, you're not stepping away. You're simply lifting one foot and then you're swinging the leg behind you, allowing you to stay in con- contact with the floor at all time with the, at least one of your feet. So what we're doing is we're removing the impact. And so you're going to do that for 30 seconds, and then finally a traditional body weight squat for 30 seconds. Rest 30 seconds between circuits, and do up to four rounds. Now, you may find that you're completely recovered after less than 30 seconds, and if so, you can go ahead and begin. Round two is going to be a regular squat hold, so you're going to go into a squat position, and you're going to hold that for 20 seconds. Then you're going to go into second position, and you're going to do heel raises in second position for 30 seconds. And that's going to, because remember, we want those beautiful shapely calves as well, right? And then you're going to go into a pulsing plie squat for 30 seconds. And this, you're going to, you should feel some serious lactic acid burn. And you're going to rest 30 seconds and do that up to four rounds. Now, the idea is is that you don't want to stay in that burning space for so long that you're building up so much lactic acid that you're going to be sore for a week. I don't mind if you're sore for two days, like a little bit sore the next day and a little bit sore the day after, but we really don't need you to be sore for an entire week. And so that will be your leg training session. And as I said, I will do my best to give a video up of that today. You can search these exercises online, alternating side lunge, alternating T-bends, squat hold, plie squat. You can search these on the internet and you will find them, but I do, my intention is to get a video up for you as soon as I can. So now we do get to our recommended book review of the week. And so we do this every Freedom Friday. Um, I have a really extensive library of the different books on many different nutrition and training subjects that have been incredibly helpful, not only in my personal journey, but in my practice. But today, I do want to draw your attention to Body of Truth by Harriet Brown. And this is out in paperback. Harriet's journey is really compelling because she had to confront our country's obsession with weight and what we're doing about it because she had to deal with her daughter's eating disorder, which was anorexia nervosa, which is one of the most dangerous um, disorders there is. And I do believe that, it, that anorexia nervosa is, if not the deadliest, then it is one of the deadliest of all um, the mental disorders that uh, are under treatment today. It is very, very serious. And so when she went into helping her daughter recover from anorexia, uh, she dug deeply into the science and also the social science and the media of what is driving our obsession with weight. So the book is titled Body of Truth, How Science, History, and Culture Drive Our Obsession with Weight and What We Can Do About It. The interesting thing about Harriet's book is that Really, no stone is left unturned, and no method of weight loss is left explored and unscathed. If I may, I'm going to read you an excerpt from it, and she is going to talk about about giving up of sugar and Carolyn's experience with it. This is one of her subjects. Carolyn, a 32-year-old in Sandpoint, Idaho, remembers the first time she decided to eat clean by cutting out an entire food group. She was five years old, and she gave up sugar after her first-grade gym teacher told her she was fat. A dozen diets and 15 years later, a therapist threatened to stop working with her unless she changed her eating habits. Quote, she told me you can't possibly do psychological work until you clean your body, recalls Carolyn. She started eating only raw foods, becoming so restrictive, she made rules for what her husband could and couldn't bring into the house. She joined Overeaters Anonymous, which exacerbated her rigidity around eating and eventually became a sponsor. She says, I was taking phone calls at all hours. People would call and say, I had a piece of gum and found it had sugar in it. What could I do? Eventually, Carolyn found a nutritionist who helped her begin to unpack her feelings and routines around eating. Carolyn says, it's taken quite a few years to undo a lot of that mindset of good and bad food, learning to eat again. One of the experiences that I do want to address that Harriet Brown talks about in this book is there are a number of ways that those of us who have had to confront overweight and obesity have managed to recover from them. And I think that what's important going forward today is though, yes, even though I did lose 70 pounds and keep them off for good by giving up sugar and grains, and that was my choice, it is not necessarily going to be the right choice for everyone. We are all different. We all have different needs and different experiences. And I need to acknowledge the fact that I do know people who have managed to lose weight through a process of moderation. But the reality is, just like my quote at the beginning, that moderation is as difficult for me, yes, as temperance, no, no, I'm sorry, as abstinence is easy, the, the reality is, is that for so many of us that I have worked with, letting go of the sugar and grain completely has been the solution. But I still want to recommend Harriet Brown's book because I do think that one of the things that her book can show us is that we need to, even when we find our solution, we need to be aware and wise that it's good to be compassionate and accepting of the solutions of other people, especially in terms of, and this is one of the things that I have really had to mature and grow and learn to get over, is that I had a very, very powerful drive to change my body in a competitive way, that because I was on stage and because I also felt like I was competing for my family's approval, I did diet for the sake of getting skinny, And I think that that is one of the things that I've had to learn wisdom, learn to let go of. And what I had to replace, and there's my Australian shepherds playing with each other, if you can hear them. What I had to replace the competitive drive with was a drive of wanting to be healthy in order to serve my life purpose and what I wanted to do. And so on that note, i got to take these puppies outside So I'm going to leave you with that. Once again, look for the things that you love to do. Look for the activities that you enjoy. And then nourish and satisfy your body and train your body and work with your body and exercise your body in such a way that you can enjoy it and that you can keep doing what you love to do for life. So please visit sugarfreedom.com, subscribe to this show, I'm going to do my best to give you really good recipes and tips and training sessions each week on Freedom Friday. So I hope you will subscribe so that we can stay in touch. And then finally, go to katherinetraining.com, and there you can get information about getting personalized nutrition strategies and training strategies for your healthy lifestyle. So I'm Kathy Best Gordon saying goodbye until next Friday. It's Freedom Friday, and have a great weekend. Bye-bye, everybody.